Welcome to the Propreneur Podcast, where we help practice owners become better entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Dino Watt. And welcome once again, everybody, to the Propreneur Podcast. Excited to have you here for another exciting episode where we are helping give you the best practices possible inside of your business to help you grow and expand and to be a better leader. And I just want to say a huge shout out and thank you to everybody who has subscribed to the podcast. We've seen the numbers continually rise of our subscribers and our downloads every single month. And we just so appreciate you for not only listening, but sharing it with your friends and colleagues. And today we're going to bring you another amazing episode that's going to, I believe, help actually put money into your pocket, which you know, as a business owner, it's all about how uh, continually bringing money into the business. You cannot grow your business without bringing money. And I believe this is about found money. And so today we are going to uh, talk to our special guest, uh, Eric Robin Quay from uh, TX Converter, which I'm excited to talk about because I always love it when we have systems or softwares or processes that not only can help you run your business better, but ultimately can bring more money into your practice. So thank you so much for being here, Eric. Thank you, Dino. Appreciate it. Yeah, excited to talk with you about this. But before we get into this, as we always do, we want to kind of dive into your story a little bit more and see where this, we were talking a little bit off camera um, of your transition that's been going on inside of your business. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, well, actually, you know, obviously with all the challenges going on um, with COVID and everything that it has been giving to all these business owners, um, specifically orthodontists in, in our cases, um, which is mostly 90% of our clients, you know, in the fourth quarter, I was talking with a client who just, you know, was frustrated having personnel issues and just said, uh, came out and just said, Eric, I just wish you could do our follow-up. And it, a light bulb went on in our head or in my head because that's something that I did in a previous career you know, in the automotive yeah. world where we set up, you know, BDCs, um, business development centers. And so it's, I took that same concept and started it in our business here to help our clients with regards to their follow-up. Now. So, so that's what we do now, as far as uh, my team will help, we will actually do the follow-up for the practice um, for all of their pending exams that they obviously weren't able to start on the same day um, that are older than say 31 days. Well, one of the things that we talked about before was the, the, your, your, your history, right? Like I appreciate the fact that you come from a different industry and mm-hmm. brought that intelligence, that, that education, if you will, from another industry and we're able to implement that into the industry. So for those that don't know that history, let's talk a little bit about your story and how you got to where you are right now. Well, basically, I spent uh, out of the Air Force, I went right into the car business, and I spent 25 plus years in the car business, started off in sales and worked my way to general manager and and vice president and ultimately managing partner. Um, And I was with dealership groups, so I ran big dealership groups. Um, So sales is, you know, definitely in in my blood. And um, it's it's what I've done for many, many years, uh, the retail process. And I realized when I, after retiring from the automotive world, I started a consulting company. And that's how um, I started a six month consignment agreement, a consulting agreement with an orthodontist. And that led me to actually running the day to day operations for the next eight years. So that was my introduction from automotive, running businesses, consulting, and then right into the orthodontic world. You know, it's funny is that if I were to, you know, go to 
a, a car used car dealership or a car dealership and say, Hey, yeah, these guys are probably good in the ortho world. A lot of orthodontists be like, what? They have nothing to do with it. And of course, <laughs> exactly. of course, when you bring up sales, you know, everyone comes up with it. Well, I don't want to be a used car salesman or I want to sound like a pushy car salesman. Yeah. And I often though tell doctors all the time, like when you're looking for a TC, find someone with sales background, with understanding what sell, or at least has a desire to learn sales because it's the sales position. And you don't have to become that, you know, cheesy dude with the, you know, low shirt, open shirt with the chains and all that stuff, right? Yeah. The, the image we have <laughs> in our head of that guy. Right, right. You don't have to become that. No. You just have to be good at, at, this is how I put it. I actually talked about this last night on uh, one of my uh, blueprint calls. As I said, your job is to help people not have the pain of regret. And mm-hmm. if you get that in your head, then, and you understand that that's what the, the mission is and the value add that you have is helping people not have the pain of regret. Then that whole, you know, sleazy car salesman image goes out of your head because now you're actually helping people. You're serving them. And I, I'm sure you found that in your many years of doing what you do, of it's a service when you get to sell. Oh, absolutely. It is. And it's our jobs to, like you said, provide the opportunities that they have at the practice or whatever business you're in. Um, yeah. It's our jobs to show them what, what, what we have to offer. Well, with all your many years of experience and also running the practice, what do you feel has been the biggest kind of pushback or hurdle when it comes to finding people who are really good about that sales process as your treatment coordinator? Well, I think the biggest, the biggest challenge that I come across all the time from doctors is they don't understand the sales end of it. I mean, if you're running, if you have an orthodontic practice and in all accounts, that's a retail operation. Mm -hmm. It really is um, at the, at the end of the day and you have to run it as such, you know, and you have to run that business as a retail operation. And that's where they drop the ball. They don't. That's that, you know, we were just talking about, you just mentioned the TC being a, you know, a sales professional. Well, you know, if you're a sales professional, they need and require training and they don't provide that. Right. And so if that is how you're going to generate your income, uh, you have to provide the training, the coaching, many of the things that you provide. You know, they need that. It's very funny. You know, I actually don't always think about how much of a mind shift that is for the owners of the practice to think this has to be like in the sales world. Let's just go back to cars and, and correct me if I'm wrong in this, but it's not a one-time learn how to sell situation, right? You guys are constantly training and, 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 and role-playing and, and rehearsing and trying to figure out the best ways to sell, especially with the shift of the industry. When it went, we, I, I believe we, when we were talking before, you had talked about going from the in-person to online. Yes, absolutely. Right. We were talking about um, going from, you know, where people had to come down to the dealership to do the test drive before they can buy versus, you know, having the implementation of an internet department, you know, where they would just pick up the phone and call and get all the information before they would come down. So absolutely. Yeah. It's one of the uh, challenges that I see that I know we have sales training opportunities in the ortho world, right? You have different consultants who have their little, their courses and stuff like that. Unfortunately, they're typically taught by people who aren't salespeople as well, right? There are people who were good at processes and, and presenting cases when it comes to being a TC. But that's typically a, a one-time shot deal. Like they're like, okay, well, yeah, we went to that course. 
Yes. But, and, and I think the false narrative that happens, and again, you saw this obviously in your eight years, there becomes this idea that we're a little spoiled, right? People walk into the orthodontic office wanting braces. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to a car dealership, you can have different, 10 different car dealerships in your town and you know that person can shop around all day long. And yes, there are people who shop for braces. I totally get that. But for the most part, they're walking into your office. If you've got them to be able to make an appointment or do a virtual appointment, they're coming to you wanting the thing that you are selling. And it's not like you have different varieties and you know different models of cars that you're going to try to convince them to go through. Your only job then is to not screw up the sale. Absolutely. <laughs> you're exactly right. They're so, coming to you for a reason. Exactly. And I think that's where we get a little spoiled in this industry is there's going to be a, a certain closing ratio just for the mere fact that you're in business, right? And they want what you have. So when you have doctors who are like, yeah, yeah, we're closing at like 60%. Yeah, that's, that, that's because you're not doing anything. <laughs> like just yeah. imagine if you put a little gasoline on that fire. Exactly. Then you get to 75% and then, and plus. So yeah, absolutely. They, they, they tend to, they just, all they know is what they know. So what right. they see without any outside training or consultations or anything like that, they figured that's just it, you know? All right. So let's talk about some of the challenges then that you have witnessed as being uh, running a practice and also in your business now of getting TCs on board with this sales process, with this idea, what are some of the biggest pushbacks and challenges that you see? Well, a lot of times, I don't think it's from the TCs as much as it's from the doctor because oh, the doctor is not the doctor's not understanding it. And until unless they get it, then the TC is not going to really you know be focused on it. So you know, I was talking to a client the other day, and and he just hasn't been good. They're very you know, successful practice, but they're just not good at same day starts. And I asked him, I said, why is that? I said, why don't you do more same day starts? And he goes, he thought about it. And he goes, I guess I never really just focused on. It. I said, mm-hmm. well, that's what we should do is focus on it. But I said, once you set the bar and say, this is what I want to focus on, then your TC is probably going to follow suit, you know, but it 100%. begins, you know, with, with the leaders. So that's, that's the biggest challenge that I get. And, and, and doctors don't understand the, the benefit of same day starts. And especially now where, you know, uh, you have more, more and more practices doing virtual consultations. So, mm-hmm. and, and in my opinion, and I think you feel the same way, Dino, is that if a practice is not doing that, they're really going to get left behind yeah. because people with their schedules, they want that virtual, that opportunity for a virtual consultation. And so they really have to start doing that. But to get back to the subject there, that if you have somebody offering a virtual consultation and you're not, somebody's going to go there just for convenience. Yes. And if they do their job right, you're never going to get that opportunity again. Yep. You know, that, that practice is going to get it if they do their job right. So that's where the biggest challenge, I think, is the mindset of the doctor. I, I think that's so smart and so spot on, right? And I know it can, I'm going to like be sensitive to the doctors for a moment because the moment that doctor says, Hey, you guys, we really should put more focus on same day starts. I know. And I know there's guys who are listening to this and gals who are listening to this who are thinking, 
man, my, my clinic's going to give me so much pushback because we don't have time in the schedule or, you know, uh, the TC might be on board because they're fine with that, but they don't want to get the, uh, the, the clinic or the schedule is upset with her because now she's throwing something new into the mix. And the second part of what you said, I think is crucial is that these doctors need to understand that once they change their mindset around that and they just say, no, this is what we're doing. I promise you a way will figure itself out. The way to make it happen will work. And when the team sees the benefit of it as well, it's funny. I was talking to a doctor recently who was talking about all the things they've been able to do because of COVID, right? Like that yeah. their team's more willing to do and that they can put these policies in and people are just willing to do it. It's like, yeah, because everyone has to, there's no other alternative. And if you make their, and they make it to be that there's no other alternative in your practice, then you'll figure it out. John Graham at um, Ormco, I think it was Ormco, or maybe it was OrthoFi this last year. I remember him saying, uh, and I thought it was brilliant. He was giving his speech and he said, uh, not offering same day starts is just rude. Yeah. And it's so true. It's just true. Like being willing to, it's, it's also not, it's also rude to your pocketbook, right? As a business owner to know that that's the way to grow it. So whether it be virtual, whether it be in person, uh, to not offer those same day starts is, is killer. I, you mentioned something too that made me think of this. I don't know. Maybe we're going to go into some uncharted territory and there might be some people who might not like this. And I don't even know how you feel about this. So I'm, I'm shooting in the dark here. Coming from a car, the, the sales background in the, in the car dealerships, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts around commission-based TCs? Well, I was, it's funny you bring that up. I was just about to tell you, I'm a firm believer in the statement of show me how one is paid and I'll show you how one performs. Oh, 100%. So, yeah, so absolutely. I, that's what I did in my practice. I, made, I gave them productive pay plans. So they were, they were paid based on productivity. Um, you know, obviously they had their base or what have you, but they had a bonus program that was based on productivity and that completely turned it around from, you know, resistance to saying, Hmm, okay. So if we do this and we hit these numbers, I get paid this. Now they're saying, Hmm, well, let me see how we can make that work. You know? Right. So it's, it's yeah, a weird, that's, it, that's my feel. It <laughs> totally changes the mindset, right? It's like, absolutely. Oh, wait. The, uh, for me, it's the open ended paycheck aspect yes right like when people grasp that concept of there is no number in that little space on your check unless you put it in there and that means it's whatever you want to put in there if you want to work harder if you want to close more cases if like you're going to be in charge of your check you don't ever need a raise again for docs out there who 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 get it they realize I never have to have that. Can I have a raise conversation again in that situation? Because you're all focused, you're focused on, there is no end to your, there's no cap. Yeah. Because their focus now is the same as yours and get more. The only caveat to that is before we can even ask for that same day start or push for getting, you know, our productivity higher, we have to earn the right to ask for their business. If we earn the right, then absolutely we should be asking everybody. Well, and here's what happens, I believe, is that the moment the TC gets that and that not only does she have an open-ended paycheck, but in order to make sure that she's set up to sell as much as possible and that the, the, the potential client is, is, is primed and ready, 
that now she's going to have a deeper conversation to with the marketing department with the director of first impressions to say hey these are the type of people that i know i can close faster and better uh, this is what I need you to ask on that first phone call so that they're prepped and ready to go. This is the objection I want you to overcome and preempt that objection before they even get in my office. Like you said, they earn it and they yes. start thinking differently than just, well, we haven't had any exams today, so I have nobody, nobody to close, but that's okay because I'm getting my hourly pay. Yes. Mm -hmm. It makes a huge difference. So um, let me, let's talk about then, because I'm sure somebody's in their car right now screaming, going, okay, how'd you set it up? What was your process? Like what, uh, what was your scale, your pay scale and all that stuff that you did with them? Well, I had a couple of different um, benchmarks that they had to hit. For example, we had uh, conversion, you know, percentage. Uh, then we had um, exams, number of exams that we had. Um, and just what else? Conversion, number of exams, and then um, same day starts. Um, and then I did that on a rolling 90 day average so that, you know, every, every once in a while, you're going to have a bad month. That's okay. Sure. So mm -hmm. that's why I took it on a 90 day rolling average. So um, as far as the same day starts good. So those are the three main ones. But then I also shared a bonus program with the people in the back. Like you said, that they would be complaining, oh, we don't have enough time to schedule and all this and that. Once I spread the wealth that way, um, yep. then the people in the back are like, hey, put them in schedule and we'll just make it happen. We'll do whatever it takes to make it happen. And the whole team was pushing, you yeah. know, in the same direction and life was good, you know, at the practice. I think it was, uh, I might be wrong in this, but I'm, I'm I think I'm correct. Uh, Dr. Rob Sheffield, uh, when he was implementing his same day start program, as we were coaching together, he did something like it was a $50 incentive for every same day start uh, that would go into a pot, right? And at the end mm -hmm. of the week or the month, everybody would split whatever's in the pot. Mm -hmm. So at first, the back office, the assistants were given some pushback, right? And be like, oh, we don't have time for scheduling that. And when they started seeing that pot getting full, mm -hmm. all of a sudden, they would go to the TC and be like, hey, do we have anybody starting today? Hey, you know, are, are they going to start? Are we doing them? And they would be willing to stay after. You sure. know, all those people that had to leave right at five, right? Exactly. <laughs> all of a sudden, it's like, well, I could say a couple minutes later. Uh -huh. and, and also, uh, suddenly that, that bonding that normally would take an hour, hour and 15 minutes, all of a sudden it could be done in a half an hour. It's crazy. Right? Yeah. The way that the time would shrink. And then, and then you talk a, a lot about this is, is the culture too. That works wonders for the culture because yes. they have the back and front. They're, they're, they're working as a team. Yeah, absolutely. You know? 100%. Well, let's then go into a, a part of the, the business that I think is lacking. And I'm, I feel like you've, you've uh, created a solution or a possible solution for people, which is there's this weird thing that happens in the orthodontic space where I'll ask people, I'll say, so how many pending patients do you have? How many people that are on your, that came in, got the, uh, uh, got the exam and they didn't start on the same day? and you've kind of lost track of them. I know you've had your follow-up process where you've sent a, a text and a call and an email, but after two weeks, it's kind of usually, that's about the number is two to three weeks, it's fallen off, right? They mm -hmm. haven't actually, they send an email a month or whatever to say, hey, are you still thinking about treatment? Um, yeah. And everyone will say to me, oh, no, 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 we don't have that many. We don't have that many. Yeah. But then when you dig into it mm -hmm. and you're like, uh, to, to me, 
even 20 is many, right? <laughs> when you say yeah. I don't have that many. You have 20, 30, 40. I have had offices, matter of fact, this week, I was talking to an office where they went and they looked and they had over 100 people that are just sitting there that no one's really followed up with after the, after the three weeks or the four weeks. And I was like, man, how many of those do you need to actually pursue, which as you and I were talked about off camera, is that I, I'm a huge firm believer in pursuing until they give me a yes or a no. Mm -hmm. uh, but how many does it take for you to see like that's worth gold in your practice? I'm talking well, see, yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars. Exactly. And that's, the, that's why I started uh, TXConverter.com is that it is a software program that if you just put the exams in there, it'll track your exams so you can see exactly how many you have, what's their dollar value, and what's their aging. Um, and then it allows you to schedule a follow-up. So if somebody says, well, you know, call me next summer or what have you, you're going to forget about that person, but they can schedule that for next summer and then it will pop up on their follow-up deal. But to get back to that is, it's a, I'll give you a prime example. I was just talking with a client uh, the other day and we wanted to do an analysis. She wanted to say, Eric, I think I'm ready for you guys to start doing follow-up because they just started virtual consultations, So they're a little bit more busy. And I said, good. I said, your TC should focus on same day starts and your exams, your physical exams and your virtual consultations. Everybody after 31 days that you haven't been able to convert, let my team handle that. But we took it a step further because she's a numbers person and we took a look. She's been a client for a while. We took a look at her report and we ran a report because our, our P&L, we, we track their potential income from their pending exams. And then we track everybody that we found out that we lost them for whatever reason, moved out of the area, chose another doctor, et cetera. So we went back to no response. We looked at that, that category where they just didn't respond back. And I forget the actual number of exams, um, but the dollar value stuck out in my mind. It was $467,000 worth of exams that came through physically that left, that, but we, they, we, they just stopped following up because there was no response. $467,000. So once we looked at that report, she was like, yes, there. Okay, when do we start? you know, for the right, follow-up, right? Right. So that, I mean, it, right it's response. amazing. It's amazing. And, but doctors don't see that. Sometimes mm -hmm. they don't know to even look at it and, and, you know, and that's what could be a game changer. Follow and up. if, and, and let's just say out of that potential $450,000, mm -hmm. we're only able to reclaim capture 20% of that. Let's just say 20%. You're only, right? that's, that's 20%, that's 80 grand that's back in your practice. That's, that's what, at least one new t uh, employee. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's a mortgage payment over the next 12 months. Like, like that is so much, and, and this is where, and I know, look, I'm saying this emphatically and I know I'm getting all excited about this because I think I'm passionate about it. I think that there's such a, a lost part of revenue inside of the business that most companies would not let just go. Right. Yes. Uh, but we get busy. Uh, we don't have all the, the proper training of how to run a business. We're, we're juggling so many balls in the air right now and, and trying to deal with what's right in front of us. I get it. I totally understand. I don't want any owner to think I don't have empathy for that. That's why you have to have a system and a protocol. That's yes. why you have to get this out of your hands 
And whether you're using a TX converter, you, you, got, you just need something that helps know that that part of your practice and your business is being taken care of. Oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll give you a prime example, Dino, is that we were doing, we're doing follow-up in May for a client and we're doing all this follow-up. And in June, um, we scheduled a bunch of starts. In June, we did, I want to say, eight, 10 starts for them from the follow-up efforts that we got. But check this out. Two of the people, the exams were accidentally put on our list to follow up with. Oh, no so, way. But we followed up with them. And they were from 2018 and both started. Wow. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And the doctor's like, Eric, how'd you get them? I said, they were on your list. And they said, that was by mistake. I was like, hey, well, you got two starts out of it. I'll take that mistake all day <laughs> long. All day long. Yeah. You know? Wow. Yeah. So let's talk about how TX Converter actually works. So I'm a doctor. I see these, you know, this patient, it goes into my system and it's an automated system that will follow up with them or does it give me reminders as the no, TC? No, it gives you reminders, it? yeah. So the okay. TC, basically you log in and what TX Convert is going to do, the first thing it's going to give you a dashboard that shows you exactly how much potential income that you have by number Ooh, of exams, I like that. dollar value, and aging. Then on the right, it's going to show the doctor or TC or the business manager everybody that's scheduled for follow-up. So if you have, for example, half a million dollars in pending exams, you should have a ton of follow-up scheduled. Sure. And if you don't, there's a problem. So it tells you that right on the first page. Um, the second thing it does is it's a presentation tool. Some people use it, some people don't. But you can, you can, it's an active follow-up system that you can schedule. And then it will remind you every day that you log into it who to follow up with, why you have all your follow-up notes and everything like that. So everybody can just log in there and see that. Um, and then I have coaching and then we have our follow-up program where now our team will do follow-up because let's face it, our TCs now are so busy with everything that's going on. But, but even before that, we were forcing them to wear multiple hats anyway. We were right. having to do that. And then just on a, on a regular day-to-day basis, they're answering the phones, they were getting called to the back, they were doing all kinds of other stuff. So therefore, what would get put on the back burner in most cases is the follow-up, yep. right? So, so it's, it's, like, it's like a hamster wheel, right? A hamster on a wheel. And so that's where we come in and we, we will actually do the follow-up for them. We want them to focus on same-day starts and everybody under 30 days. And if they can do that, and now they're virtual consultations. And if they can do that, they can be more productive. We'll chase the people that were, are older than 30 days for them. I'm so glad you mentioned that. I didn't, I didn't know that aspect of it because I literally wrote down as you were talking the quotes, I'm too busy. I don't have time. And knowing that that's what's going to be my next questions is that's exactly what TCs, I hear it all the time. Who do we delegate to doing that? Matter of fact, we were talking about follow-up last night on my coaching call, my group coaching call. And I, uh, one of the team members from Australia had said, so um, who do we delegate this to? Because the TC doesn't have any time. Uh, do we give that to a somebody at the front desk? Like, and and we everyone has that problem. So here you're solving that problem too, where they can offload it. They can be uh, have a representative from mm -hmm. your company be a representative for their company exactly. to to get those people started. Uh, it's, yeah, it's and, just, and my team members are those that have. Every single one thus far, and I, and I purposely do this, has previous dental experience, whether they were in the back as an RDA or working up front or whatever the case may be. So they understand. They can speak the language. Absolutely. 
That is great. I love it. All right. So what are some of the biggest, uh, when it comes to you talking to people about this, about this process, to me, it sounds like a no brainer, but obviously there's always somebody has an objection or concern or whatever. What's some of the pushback that you get about this? The number one is, oh, somebody's going to be calling for me. So what I do is we'll do a, a call like this and I'll introduce my team member to the doctor uh, or the business manager, whatever, so they can meet them, see what they're about. It's almost like, you know, they're going to interview them, you know, right. um, and they're going to call on uh, so they know who's calling on their behalf. And when we call, you know, we make sure that the person knows that we're calling from Dr. Dino's practice and mm -hmm. we're supporting, you know, Angie or TC who you saw, we're, we're just doing follow-up. We know everybody's busy right now. We want right. to touch base with you. And, and, they're, and, they're, and they're more than welcome for the, the, they love the phone call. They love the fact that the practice is actually taking the time to reach out to them these pending exams, previous exams. You know, I think that's a really good point. It's the point that I try to make a lot of people are busy. You know, they don't think about you after they got in their car on the way home. I mean, especially when they're going back to work, right? They've got their stuff to deal with. We are so in some ways uh, egotistical about the way that we think. And I say we, in the sense of all of us, when I Talk to somebody too. I think, yeah, they're probably thinking about me tonight, right? No, they're not. They're, they're yeah. going on with their life. If somebody yeah. came in, got an exam from you, got on a virtual call with you, they got off the call, they got back in their car and yeah, they might have to think about, oh yeah, I got to decide if I want to do that or not, or I got to talk to my spouse. But life happens to all of us. Mm -hmm. Things get in the way. So to really think about the idea around how grateful people are Yes, every once in a while you'll have the person who's annoyed by you or whatever, but yeah. they're just they're just annoyed in life. I mean, just yes. get yes. over it. For the most part, I would venture to guess that out of all of the pendings, let's just say we have, you know, 20 different pending patients sitting there, you might find one who's annoyed and 19 who are grateful that you have a system and a process in place where they don't have to think about you. Yes. And you're doing the thinking for them and just reminding them. I, I just think it's so important. Let me ask you this. You mentioned the person that they get to get on a phone call with. So if I have someone from your team doing the follow-up, is it a dedicated person that's dedicated to my team? Absolutely. Like my yes. person? Dedicated to oh, your that's practice. that's smart. Yeah, absolutely. You'll get nobody else. You'll always have that one person calling your pending exams. Oh, that's great. Because now you really can create them as a team member, right? An extension yes. of the team. Mm-hmm. It's great. I Absolutely. love it. Okay. So any other pushback that you get? Not much. That's, that's the main one because you have to understand when we're, when we're talking, we look at that number. I want to look at, take a look at that number of number one, how many pending exams do you have their dollar value and their aging. And then maybe if they do know this, where we can look at how many pending exams they have that the, 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 um, that they lost because of no response. And that's usually a high number, you know, right. even if, even if they don't know the exact number, their TC would say, oh yeah, that's a few. Um, right there, they know that they need help. So, you know. Is, is what, is, is it a, because there's a fee to, to have the, the system, the software, and then yes. there's an additional fee to have somebody do the follow-up? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, definitely. That's what I'm sure some doctors are asking in the car going, okay, well, how much of that is going to eat my profits? And I want people to think uh, you had zero profit before this was happening. Yeah, so. I mean, let's face it. Let's let's put it this way: <laughs> they would make a ton of money, even if we got one patient. 
you know, yes. from our follow-up efforts and the, and the fee that they pay, it, it doesn't even compare. Exactly. That, and I just want people to think, I, this is the thing that I, like, we're walking over the dollars to get to the dimes, right? So often yeah. where yeah. it's, you're worried about the fee. Cause I know someone's in their car going like, oh yeah, well, how much that's going to cost me? Yeah. You're asking how much it's going to cost you based upon money you never were going to get, mm-hmm. right? Because you yes. didn't have that system in place. And look, I, if anything, hopefully this show just inspires people to put an actual process in place. Yes. Whether they hire a TX converter or not, this is just a resource, an opportunity for you to see. And the point of this show is to remind you that there is gold and then there are hills, right? The hills of follow-up. And if you mm-hmm. have a process and a system and a protocol in place, then you will actually make more money. And it's found money. Yes, absolutely yeah. it is. Well, man, yeah, I love it. I love that you're doing this. I love that you're doing this as a service. I love that you saw a, a need here and are fulfilling it in a very powerful way. And I love that you're doing it uh, from the mindset of sales. Yeah. Of allowing people not to have that, that pain of regret. It's so important. Yeah, I'm doing it from the mindset of sales, Dino. And I'm also doing it from the mindset of running a practice. Yeah. You know, so that, that to me sets us apart, makes us totally. different. So I get it. I oh. get what these doctors are going through. Yep. Totally makes sense. Well, awesome. Well, you've been through the drill before, but you know, we've gotten to the point in our show where we actually do our six rapid fire questions uh, to help doctors get to know a little bit more about you. Are you ready to play? Sure. Awesome. Okay. So what do you feel is the most expensive thing private practice owners are missing in their practice? I think the, probably the fact that they're not um, holding the positions accountable for, um, you know, or inspecting what they expect, you know, is, Ooh, is like probably that. the biggest thing they have to do or should do. And by not doing it, they're losing so much money. It's, it's that, you know, when we talked about a little bit before about the performance uh, based um, pay, you know, scale commissions or what have you, whatever you want to call it. Um, it should be, they should have that. And then they should be inspecting what they expect. So if you want your TC to hit certain levels, if they're not, you have to look at why aren't they doing it, you know, or to put it drilled down to be something more simple, you know, you have somebody answering your phones. When's the last time, you know, you, if they are recording the phone calls, when's the last time you actually listened to it and critiqued it with your team member, you know? Um, so inspecting right. what you expect is probably the biggest thing. Yeah, I, I, I just want to add to that because I think it's so vital to remember. Um, I know many people have, they have written systems, right? I go into mm-hmm. office all the time where it's like, oh yeah, we've got our manual on that. And we've got a manual yeah. on that. Systems are only as good as how often you review them. Mm-hmm. And as a business owner, one of the hard things that you have to do is you have to continually hold yourself accountable for holding other people accountable. Yes. You, you can't just be, saying, oh, well, there's a system over there. That person's in charge. Look, it's your baby. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, I've been on this conversation probably for the last week now on and off with different people around. A lot of doctors want their team members to care about their business as much as they do. And I'll get that call. How do I get them really to care, really to, and, you know, to grasp the vision and really care as much as I do? And I always say, well, they're not. Like, they won't. That's impossible. It's like asking, it's like me asking you to love my child as much as I do. Yeah. This is your baby. You can only expect them at a certain level. Look, you're going to have people in your office who are there just to get a paycheck. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as you are 
helping them get involved in the process and telling them you care about them wanting to get that paycheck. So I, I absolutely agree. You have to inspect it over and over and over again. And that's your responsibility. So I love that answer. And we've never had that answer before. I think it's great. So number two, what is a book that you believe every private practice owner should be reading? Who Moved My Cheese is probably one of the best books I've ever read. Um, great, it's so classic. simple. But, you know, if, if I, doctors should read it, um, you know, the team members should read it. You know, it really gives a good perspective on, on life. It really does. It's a, it's a great, it's a classic, right? I actually should probably yeah. reread it. I probably haven't read it in probably 20 years. Like I yeah. should read that book. Exactly. Uh, matter of fact, I read that book the same time I read uh, The War of Art, which is more for oh. creatives, mm -hmm. but both of those, uh, <laughs> probably shouldn't say this, but I call them my toilet books, right? Okay. <laughs> books are, you know, it's like, all right, I got a moment here. Let's, let's pull that open. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. Speaking of books, in my book, The Practice Rx, I focus on the team culture and team performance as the foundation for business growth. What do you see in all of your conversations that you've had and also in your experience of being a practice, uh, of running a practice, what do you see as the biggest challenge that private practice owners are facing with their teams and an office culture? Well, just, just not establishing a, a, a true culture. And it goes back to when we were talking about how it goes back to pay plans again, where we were talking about, you know, if you put a bonus so that the, the people in the back, the RDAs, the back team is working on the same page with the front team, you know, that's, that creates culture, you know, uh -huh. and, um, and that's what I think most people, most practices lack. They yeah. really do. There's a separation there. It seems, you know, we, as you build practices, you, everybody's gotten away, gotten rid of the, the glass window that you would open and close for patients. Yeah. Now we're, we're probably replacing it with plexiglass, but, but, yeah. um, but, you know, we need to get rid of that, that divider between the, the back staff and the front staff. It's true. It's uh, that culture. I talk about it as the uh, the sharks and the jets, right? Get rid of that sharks and jets culture, that that, that West Side Story thing going on. Mm -hmm. All right. How can listeners reach out to you? I actually want to ask a follow-up question around this uh, in a moment, but how can re listeners reach out to you? Um, they can go to um, my landing page website. It's txconverter.com forward slash follow-up. Okay. That'll be the best. They can go there. They can learn more. They can watch this video on how the process works. And I think that's the best way. My follow-up is that I failed to do this at the beginning. Um, I love knowing, uh, understanding more about names. So tell people uh, your last name. What's the origins of that? Uh, my last name is Ramin Khoi, first name Eric. Um, and it's, I am Filipino and Mari from, oh, I was cool. born and raised in San Francisco. My mom's from New Zealand. My dad's from the Philippines. And, and the Robin Quay is your dad's side of it. That's the Filipino right. side? Yes, yes. Wow, that's a very, I've never heard that. Uh, it's like almost sounds French. Yes, so I'm, I'm sure, I, I guess you can say I'm a mutt. I'm sure there's some French in there. Aren't we all? Aren't we <laughs> <Right>? all? <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, one of my best friends is from New Zealand. I love that culture and uh, that's awesome. Right. That's very cool. All right, so the best advice that you've received in life or in business? I think the uh, best advice I received is um, when a mentor told me that uh, desire and passion isn't taught. You either have it or you don't. Um, and if you have it, regardless of one's background, education, even experience, if you have it and they don't, chances are they don't, then you already have a, a, an advantage over them. hundred percent. Yeah. I tell doctors I would rather hire on, on uh, passion 
and enthusiasm over skill absolutely. because you can teach the skill. skill. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Desire right. and passion. You can't. That's right. The best resource or tool that every private practice owner should be using right now to go to your practice. Well, you know, obviously txconverter.com. Good job. Thank you. For <laughs> it's surprising how many people don't do that. And I'm like, well, what about your thing? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's so true. Just TX Converter software for following up and making sure that you are, you know, man, it's, it's just going to pay for itself over and over and over again. Uh, you mentioned something about Steph Curry, and I like this anal analogy. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people, are, again, I was talking to a client the other day, and he's like, Eric, well, you know, the coaching is great and everything, but is there an end, you know, date that we can shoot for? And I said, well, not really, because, you know, even the best shooter in basketball, Steph Curry, he has a shooting coach. That's and, right. And, you know, Michael Jordan had a shooting coach and will continue to have coaches throughout, yep. you know, or a life coach or whatever the case may be. So, no, I think it's continuous education and continuous training. And if you provide that to your team, you'll continue to get results. So I, that's, I that's love why it. I look at it. I've never thought of the Steph Curry thing, probably because I'm not a huge basketball fan, but that's, uh, that's totally right on. I use uh, Tiger Woods has three coaches, yeah. three, like, and that. none of them, by the way, have ever won a PGA tour. Yeah. None of them. And it's, you need to have that outside resource uh, in the book, the road less stupid. Uh, uh, Keith Cunningham talks about, he says, you cannot smell your own breath. You cannot see your own golf swing. So you have to have that outside source to tell you. Yeah, that's so true. Absolutely. Well, man, that's, again, just another amazing resource of information. Uh, Eric, thank you for being a guest. Thank you for sharing this information with us. Another uh, opportunity for people to learn the best practices. I hope and I really feel that people were inspired by the idea of, yeah, I'm going to go and find that money. By the way, I think that one of my goals for all my clients and really everybody I talk to is that I want them to be at December 31st, 2020 and be up by 10, 15, 20%. Yeah. Even though there was the COVID uh, sure. uh, stop, right? Sure. And I believe that it's things like this. It's tools like this. It's focusing on that follow-up, focusing on mining those diamonds that are sitting there waiting for you to follow up with them that is going to be the big, the differentiator between those practices that are able to accomplish that goal and the practices that aren't. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Dino. I appreciate it. And thank you for what you do oh. actually in the industry. I really appreciate that. As you know, I, I follow you and I've been thank at you. your classes. So. I'm having you. fun. So hopefully everyone's having fun with me because uh, I'm having a good time. There thank you, go. you so much again, everybody, for listening to the ProPrinter podcast and for sharing it with your friends and your colleagues and letting them know that this is the source to get the best practices possible. I'm so thrilled that we get to bring you great minds that have uh, ideas and uh, methods that you can actually use to be more successful inside of your business. So thank you everybody for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Remember that our goal here is always to help you be more proactive, productive, and profitable in all areas of your life. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Dino. Thanks so much again for listening to the ProPreneur Podcast. We really appreciate your support. If you haven't subscribed already, please make sure you do so. Also, if you feel like you might be a good fit for our podcast as a guest or know somebody who you think would be, go ahead and email us at dino at dinowatt.com. Again, thanks for your support. We'll see you on the next episode.